Welcome to the podcast from Eden Worship Center. Because we believe that it is God's Word that does God's work in God's people, we want you to hear the gospel preached in the gathering of believers. We want you to read it for yourself and to join us as we think together and talk together about the sermon from this past week and what's going on in our world. You can join the conversation by sending in your comments and questions to EdenWC at Hotmail.com. May God cause His Word to come alive in your heart today. All right. Well, welcome everybody to the EWC Midweek Podcast. Pastor Matt here. Pastor Harold, good to be with you. Yeah, it's good to actually have this again, uh, given last week, which, oh my goodness, I was just sick from nonstop. Uh, Sunday, the Sunday before, uh, I felt fine. Just throat felt a little scratchy. Mm-hmm. And then by the evening, I thought, man, I really overdid it today. And it wasn't until the next morning I'm like, I should take my temperature. Yeah, I had a had a fever. So I'd started with a fever Sunday oh, night. Joy. And then I'm pretty sure that my fever broke while preaching this past Sunday. It must have been the anointing. It was something. That it breaks was, the yoke. It was it, that made my coat sweaty is what it did. <laughs> I was just drenched by the time it was over. But Well, in all seriousness, we were praying that God would just give grace and strengthen you uh, because we knew how difficult it was for you with speaking and not coughing. And the material that uh, you had to cover was ginormous yeah it was just a an easy thought you know Mm -hmm. in the psalms the imprecatory prayers of the psalms i was impressed that you can even pronounce that (laughs) imprecatory so that i that kind of tells the whole story most people aren't even familiar with that word they they don't even know it and all right who cares if you know that word but uh i would say the vast majority of christians have no idea what the concept is no but i i will tell you it was extremely timely given what's going on in the world in the middle east with israel and um i i have told a number of people since then it was really good because it challenged me with how I prayed about what's going on in the world right now, specifically with Hamas. Mm -hmm. How do I pray about that? Coming from my pacifistic, non-resistant Amish Mennonite background, uh, how do you pray the kinds of things that David prays in the Psalms? Mm -hmm. Uh, God, wipe them out. That, that is so foreign to anything in my background. And I was sharing with a pastor this morning that I, I actually told him, I said, you need to go out and listen to this sermon. And if you've not listened to the sermon, go out uh, on YouTube and, and listen to it from Sunday because it was powerful. And you, you can't catch any sickness over podcasts. Hallelujah. Yeah. Although I did have one person text me this morning, like, I think you made me sick. (laughs) Like, well, I'm really sorry. And you're welcome. I did try really hard to stay away from everybody. And everybody who came to talk to me, I'm like, hey, I am sick. You're probably going to want to leave a big bubble. And then they kept getting close Yeah, I noticed that, especially uh, after the service. But, you know, what a challenge for us who've come from this kind of a background. How do you pray in a situation like is going on right now in Israel with Hamas and Hezbollah. Um, How do we pray? Yeah. So I remember uh, sitting in this room 
on a uh, men's prayer meeting morning, and we were reading through one of those psalms and praying through it together. And we got we got done where before we moved on to the next one, you looked up and you go, yeah, that's really hard for me. I remember that morning. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> you know, I don't. I mean, because everything in my background is is forgiveness, extending grace. Uh, the thing that I've shared with a couple of people since Sunday is, you know, if you don't have a God of wrath and justice, you cannot have a God of mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just can't. Yeah. If you have, if you do, and this is this is why. The Mennonite church has really got itself in trouble because they haven't, they either didn't think far enough down the road with their uh, theology and philosophical application or worst case scenario, they did. Uh, But if you have this, we're, we're just going to love everybody because God loves everybody. (laughs) What you don't end up with is peace. Uh, You end up with universalism. There is no it's point true. in Christ. There's no point in the cross because on the cross, Jesus took the full wrath of God. But mm-hmm. so many of these mainline denominations uh, don't actually believe that God has wrath towards sinners. Yeah. Until, and th- this is why I don't think God set the Middle East up so that we could have a, uh, <laughs> it would fit with our sermon <laughs> series. Uh, I think it's helpful to us for, for us to understand how do we look at these Psalms? Uh, and it tried the best I could not to make it political. I love that I got to, we showed a video, which is super rare. I know. I couldn't believe that you did that. But it was, it was an incredibly liberal Democrat on an incredibly liberal leaning democratic station. <clears throat> Only when evil comes to your front door, all of a sudden, all of those, all of those niceties that, that are politically correct, that we've mm-hmm. taught ourselves to say, go out the window and an unjust world starts to demand a just God step in and do something. There has to be justice. For there us. does. There does. Yeah, I was in English. There does. There needs to be. Uh, and I was thinking it was just a year ago at this time that I was in Israel. And I remember sitting in the home of a family that I'd been invited to on a Friday night for their Shabbat. And at near the end of the meal, I'm sitting next to him, and I just I said to him, you know, the, the scriptures say that we are to pay, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's mm-hmm. in Psalm 122. I said, but from now on, it's going to be different for me. And by this time, you know your dad. I was getting misty-eyed. Uh, I said, it's going to be different because it's people that I know and I'm learning to, to care about. Yeah. And uh, I've thought about that uh, a lot this week in hearing some of the reports of, man, just the way uh, our liberal society has dismissed the whole thing. They're shooting rockets. Well, no big deal. They have a, a defense system to knock them down. Uh, or they're shooting rockets. Well, no big deal. They all have these safe rooms in their house. Yeah, Only, but they went into the safe rooms and and slaughtered people. Yeah, you know the the. Thing, That's what I was thinking of. Well, what has brought some some peace to me is that I have had some communication mm-hmm. with these folks. It's been brief, but I've had some. But it's been emotional too because, the one police station where they went in and and killed police officers, killed the, uh, the station 
chief uh, and set the place on fire, I was there. Oh, wow. I was in that building, and it is now reduced to rubble. Right. Uh, but it was in those places. I stood on uh, the lookout, looking out over the Gaza Strip, seeing the fence, seeing they point out the house across the way and says, Hamas is watching us right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I'm holding one of the rockets, and you've seen the pictures yeah. of that, where I'm holding one of the rockets that they fired in, and and I and I saw the rocket technology, as it please, uh, if you please, um, and they're just shot off, and no indiscriminate, indiscriminate, yeah. and uh, whether it kills their own people or not, they don't care. Yeah. Uh, but all that to say, how did then we as Christians we approach these these yeah. psalms that? David's crying out, God, destroy these enemies. Mm -hmm. The enemies of uh, you are my enemies, and how long will you yeah. tolerate this? Yeah, that's actually why I felt it was so like culturally time-sensitive, relevant, and important. Mm -hmm. uh, why to even delve into that kind of murky ground to talk about it? Because that's the context of these psalms. It, yes. it wasn't two neighbors who were arguing over a boundary stone, like, I think my yard goes three foot further your direction. This was, I want you and your family and your people dead. I, I want all of God's people, all mm -hmm. of the Jews here, I want them wiped out, annihilated. And I, I heard one commentator uh, on another news channel, I don't remember which one it was, um, asking the question, if... It, what you're asking for is peace. If the Jews lay down all of their arms right now, what happens? The destruction of the Jews. Like, yes. They, they will be killed and Israel will be annihilated. I read something by the late Golda Meir. She said, you cannot uh, negotiate with someone who is intent on killing you. Yeah. That's a bit of a paraphrase, but that's what she said and yeah. in essence. And, you know, that's... These are challenging times, and I've come back to this even repeatedly in this podcast, that, you know, the challenge for us as Christians living on this side of Calvary. Yeah. How do we pray? Now, yeah. your mom leaned over during the services you were preaching, and I, and I just made a note of this across the top of my bulletin, and she said, Israel still lives on the other side of the cross. Mm-hmm. And part of how we're praying is that that God in his mercy and grace will bring a resolution to this yeah. situation, praying for the innocent victims, for the grieving families, but praying specifically that salvations will yeah. result from this and that people will call out to the living God. Yeah. To the um, Messiah that they to have To the Messiah, missed. that's yeah. right, that they have missed. Good. Um, so... Um, I got a whole bunch here, and there, there's no way we're going to make through. The we'll whole be thing. here for three hours yeah, and twenty-seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny on Sunday. I, I mean, I did something different that I've never done with my notes before. Never ever. I had uh, an intro. It here's the setup, and I had the the ending, and then all I had for the whole sermon was the uh, note diagram of the actual text. Just like this word connects to this. Uh, here's where we see these things connecting. Here's wow, the that is unusual for you. I've never done anything like it. And I'm like, given the nature of these 
prayers of curse and destruction upon God's enemies. I can't stand up here and make the argument, here's how I think it should work. Mm-hmm. Like we just need to, which is why I had all those slides just diagramming the whole thing. Yeah, People need to see this from scripture, from God's word again and again and again. And that just a, a summary of it, the Lord reigns, his enemies are crushed. Hallelujah. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the summation of the whole thing over, over the good and the bad, the Lord reigns that he causes his reign. Uh, so different reign, uh, he causes his reign to fall on the just and the, the unjust. unjust. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, every enemy will be crushed. And the result of that is God's people will praise him because he has crushed his enemies. Well, it's, it's reminiscent of Exodus 15, that song of celebration that Miriam and the daughters of Israel sing. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I thought of that because this coming Sunday, as I do the song, Psalms of Zion, Zion Psalm 48, uh, Psalm 76, and uh, Psalm 122, uh, there's one of them that there is a direct reference to Exodus 15. Mm, right. And, you know, it's hard for us to fathom the dead body of the Egyptians yeah. wa- washing up on the shore of the Red Sea after they've been killed. And Miriam and the daughters of Israel with tambourines are dancing and singing. I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. Yeah. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea, the Lord our God. Yeah, and absolutely. It's just like, man, you talk about cultural shock. Yeah. How do we process all of that? And, and what you just did was you just pulled it from being a uh, children's song. I will sing unto the Lord. For, you know, that type of thing into, all right, picture a real scene. Like this was yeah. a real person. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, and he has become my salvation. By and, killing the enemy. Yeah. Whose dead bodies we can still see floating in the background behind Miriam where she's dancing. Yeah. And That's I, I'm, different. I'm thinking in terms of... Back in the days of the charismatic renewal, that was one of the songs that was really popular, the horse and rider oh, yeah. thrown into the sea. Yeah. But somehow we never put it into that context. Yeah, we're singing and dancing, the Lord, my God, my strength, my song. <laughs> Can we just be honest? We didn't put much into context because we sang lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher, because he said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw. Well, if I'm lifted up, he meant on the cross. And so we're like, Put him on the cross higher. Put him on the cross high. Like that was the song that we sang. Oh, we were more spiritual in our thoughts. Oh man, but we, yeah, we were so lofty. Uh, so here's <laughs> here's my thought on this, and, and I would just like to give us a starting point and maybe challenge you if you're listening to this podcast or watching it. Uh, read the Psalms for yourself. Yes. Uh, because I promise you, once you have seen this pattern, you can't unsee it. And it, it pops up everywhere. And, and part of it is we have to get past the philosophical starting point that our culture has given us and start where the scripture starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that what you see again and again is this complaint or the problem. Did you like the problem? I did. I liked <laughs> what you did. I have laughed about that. <coughs> so what he did is, is he had <coughs> diagrammed. Uh, well, we had complaint. Prayers calling God to action, prayers of imprecation or curse, and then the praise of the saints. Yes. So we got three out of the four Ps. So for his father's sake, 
he he called me out in his sermon and said, Dad, this is for you. He put up a sign. Uh, Scratching out complaint yeah. and writing in problem. Cause problem. It starts with a P. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is I actually did that in my notes, too. Like, it was, <laughs> it was as I was doing it, I'm like, oh, look, it has to, oh, it has to work like see, that. See, the older you get, the more you're becoming like your dear old dad. It's a scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> so here's, here's what I'd like, like you to look at is watch for the complaint. What, mm-hmm. what evil, what wickedness is befalling God's people? How are they calling God to act? Uh, how are they calling for God to judge his enemies? Not mm-hmm. just ultimately, but now. Like, let it begin now. Uh, and then what is the result almost every time in the Psalms is God's people praise. Yes. Lord, if you destroy them, if we see those dead bodies floating in the sea, we're going to write a song about it. We don't think like that. No, we don't. I mean, not even close. But tied into that, there there was two things that I I made notes of. One is your reference to the fact that repeatedly the psalmist is saying, without a cause. They've done this without a cause. And the other thing, and this was drawing from Psalm 21, verses 11 through 13, is that at the end of the day, what's at stake here in the psalmist's mind is God's righteousness. Yeah. And that should be what is at the heart of everything for us. Not that God delivers us out of our problems and makes us happy and yeah. comfortable, but the righteousness of God is at stake. Yeah. And I think there's a principle. I, I think we have to be careful tying this in with the modern state of Israel which I believe is the promised land, but we have to be very careful that we, we don't confuse all of that with the political mm-hmm. state. Yeah, with the state of Israel. Yes, yeah. but it's, I'll tell you what, when somebody messes with God's kids, they're yeah. messing with God, yeah. and he's going to address the situation. Uh, well, and the Apostle Paul is going to say, uh, I wish that I could be cut off from the grace of the gospel if it meant that they would be included. Yes. Like there's yeah. a longing for mm-hmm. the ethnic Jewish people who have been uh, the safeguarders of this covenant from Abraham yeah. until the new covenant comes. Like it's been them who have guarded over the scriptures, has mm-hmm. guarded over the covenant. And it. I, so I think we need to be careful in being dismissive and we need to be careful in being inclusive. Either one of those is a mistake. Uh, but when it comes to this, I actually had a note, and I, this is on the two pages I didn't even get to, <laughs> in the sermon that still turned out to be an hour and five minutes long. It did, but crazy. it was worth it. <laughs> uh, so the covenant relationship with God and his people always serves as the backdrop for the motivation of these imprecatory prayers. God will save and defend his people from evil as a righteous judge. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it is right and just for him to act severely in judgment of the wicked. So it starts with this, the righteous God mm-hmm. has called a people to be holy, it, you be holy even as I am holy, calling a people to himself. And because he's responding in defense of that covenant, the covenant of his holiness and his holy people, um, it's actually mm-hmm. right for him to respond. Now, that doesn't mean it's right for us to respond. <clears throat> and historically, every time the church has taken up arms, it's been a huge mistake. Yes. 
Yeah, and and I appreciated the fact that you drew us back to Romans 12. We are on the resurrection side of Calvary, yeah. uh, where Paul writes to the Romans and says, uh, don't avenge yourself, leave, leave room. room for God, yeah. which is saying God is going to do something here. And, and then the reminder, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Yeah. And I'm reminded you can't hold the shield of faith and the sword of vengeance at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to leave room for God in this. Yeah. Yeah. So one more thing, and then I, I want to pose a question and have us kind of think through it together. Okay. Uh, so here's one more thing on this whole idea of God's judgment now. By the way, a little parenthesis, yeah. just uh, for those of you that did miss it, these these songs of imprecation, we're talking about Psalm 35, Psalm 58, and Psalm 109. I don't think we yeah. mentioned that. No, we didn't. And th- so. there's a whole bunch more uh, that we, we've just, in this series, we've been picking three psalms, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I'm getting ready for Sunday. The songs, Psalms of Zion. It's like, wow. It is a lot, but just just three that that touch on this as examples. Of so what's I'm there. sorry, I interrupted. Well, there, but. so here's the here's the thought I had, which is just as healing today, like as Christians, we still pray for healing. We pray for God's blessing, uh, not necessarily expecting or demanding that we're going to see it every time. But just as healing today foreshadows or gives a foretaste of God's saving mercy in the end. Mm-hmm. Like how many times do we pray, uh, God, bring your healing here. And yet we know there's an ultimate healing that's coming. In the same way, judgment and destruction of the wicked now foreshadows a final judgment that is coming. So in both of those, we don't always see the wicked crushed. Like we don't. We don't always see our loved ones healed. And yet both of those are kind of pointing us past this moment to an ultimate moment where every single enemy of Jesus Christ will be crushed forever, Mm -hmm. right? Dealt with forever. Uh, Every single uh, pain and sorrow and suffering will be wiped away forever. And they're kind of twin tracks from a gracious yet just God and so when we see these things, and it, this is why we didn't go into it, because I, I think it takes a lot of kind of thinking on the other side of it to get there. Yes. But what does it look like for God's people now to rightly rejoice when the wicked are crushed? And uh, it's sort of a bittersweet thing. You know, we, because of some of these New Testament commands, and this is kind of where I want us to land and okay. talk about questions here. Uh, what do we do? How do we reconcile that desire for God to triumph over his enemies. God's people, I'm going to try and drink so I don't have a coughing fit here. (coughs) God uh, vindicating his righteousness and his people. How do we balance that with Matthew 5, 43 and 46, where Jesus says, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who's in heaven For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you Mm -hmm. have? Do not even tax collectors do the same. So how do we 
how do we harmonize these imprecatory prayers that we find in the Old Testament with Jesus' command in the New Testament? And I'll just, I'll just mention by preface, and then we'll kind of bounce it out, and then I, I got a whole bunch of scriptures here. Uh, there's three different ways that that gets handled. I think the first is the most prevalent that probably you and I have grown up with, which is you just never talk about it. You, you never dive into them. Mm-hmm. You don't comment one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just go someplace else and pretend it doesn't exist, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, so two extremes on either side of it. The other is um, you wholeheartedly pull them into uh, your new covenant prayer life and uh, you're just praying for that boss at work. Oh God, this is the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so not 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 healthy or helpful or balanced with the rest of the the <clears throat> scriptures, or uh, you do what I think is even more wicked, which is why I mentioned it last, which is say uh, attribute evil to the psalmist. Like this is wrong, this is bad, this mm-hmm, shouldn't be in mm-hmm. scripture. Uh, in fact, I don't actually think that is authoritative. And there there's a whole bunch out there who said. Well, of course we don't think these things because those things should have never been included in scripture. And that's a giant theological problem. So we're not going there. Uh, But what's, what's been your experience growing up? And I know growing up in uh, Mennonite Mennonite church Church and like, how, how are those two things reconciled? Well, one, I don't remember ever hearing any discussion like we're having this morning, or like you preached about Sunday, uh, where we address these psalms where David and the the psalmist are saying, God, destroy them for the sake of your name. Um, So I don't ever remember that. And mostly we didn't talk about it uh, when it came to war. The go-to verse was Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, then would Mm -hmm. my servants fight? So that was the the whole go-to thing. Yeah. A part of of what I've just been made to think of in these last few days again and again is I have to start at that point where I address the idea of fairness. We have this Mm, idea of fairness. That's not fair. And you don't have to teach kids to say, well, that's not fair. Yeah. Uh, So we want fairness. But I come back to something that I said earlier in the uh, podcast. What's at stake is the righteousness of God. And we have to look at those things. And that has to be my starting point. What is God's righteousness? What is his sovereign grace and justice? Uh, yeah. If you buy in because of, of fairness into the whole social gospel thing that gets into uh, social justice, well, then you have to exclude the wrath and justice of God from yep. the equation because that doesn't fit in with gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Yeah. Uh, and you know the other thing is he came initially and and I've said this for years he came initially as the suffering servant Mm -hmm. that's why Mm -hmm. the Jews missed him Mm 
Yeah. They were looking for a conquering king. He came as a suffering servant, the lamb of God who took away, not just covered, but took away the sins of the world. Right. But when he comes again, it will be as conqueror, yeah. as king of kings and lord of lords to execute justice. Yeah. So um, one of the, the things that it made me think of it, ha having grown up in that same faith tradition, hearing pacifistic, non-resistant, that was, that was sort of the moniker that just got mm -hmm. stuck on everything. Mm -hmm. Pacifistic, uh, we're not going to fight, non-resistant. Uh, only, man, I remember a few years ago, I was doing something for a, uh, like a church safety deal and did a little research into it. And non-resistant means we don't say no. And I thought, holy cow. Well, that's not what I heard. You know, that, that mm -hmm. word literally mm -hmm. meant, so Jesus uses it in Matthew 5, uh, where it says, I, I tell you not to resist, this is verse 39, not to resist an evil person. And if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn and offer him the other. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, the word resist means don't tell him no. It, he also uses it when he says, so if the Roman soldier comes and demands that you carry uh, his load for mm -hmm. a mile, which yeah. he could, don't resist him. Don't say no, the same word, uh, but in fact, carry it the extra mile. Yeah. And so we have a phrase, go Turn the other cheek or go the extra, the extra mile. mile. Yeah. And both of those were from Jesus's instructions to his people on what it looked like to show kindness, mm -hmm. compassion towards somebody who was on the other side. Um, so one of the one of the questions in it, there was a guy named Carl Laney. I was reading some of his comments on this. I uh, was talking about this this problem of how do we reconcile the kindness of Jesus and the vengeance of the Old Testament? Mm -hmm. And um, so he he mentioned that Matthew five. In fact, if you go past where we just read in Matthew five, uh, he says in verse forty four, "Love your enemies mm -hmm. and pray for those mm -hmm. who persecute you." Uh, well. So here's here's what we want to do because this is the easy answer. We go well, that was that was old covenant. The old covenant there was a lot of wrath and judgment and vengeance, uh, and Jesus brings he brings something new. He brings grace and peace and for, forgiveness is in Jesus. So we can forgive everybody, except in Leviticus nineteen verse eighteen, it says love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus is asked what is the highest commandment. He, he's going to point to that, you know, love the Lord, your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's, he's pulling from an existing ethic of love and kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. That's right. Without undoing, uh, what has been. So you can't just point to the words of Jesus and say, uh, therefore he said something new. So that undoes everything that came before. Because it doesn't. Uh, he picks up a, a similar uh, biblical theology thread that runs through a, of kindness, of loving your neighbor as yourself. Uh, and even worse, <laughs> we find uh, apostolic anathemas, which are curses mm -hmm. uh, in the New Testament. So 1 Corinthians 16, 22, Galatians 1, mm -hmm. 8 and 9, Revelation 6, 10, and Revelation uh, 18, 20, where... Uh, there is a curse being pronounced on those who either uh, opposed to the gospel or by the time you get to a revelation, those who are opposed to the church of Jesus Christ or the lordship of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so we have, now we got a big problem because we have Jesus, the nice guy, uh, pulling on the, uh, the kindness thread, 
without untying or, or cutting off yeah. the vengeance thread. Yeah. So he would have had to be really specific, like be nice to everybody. Oh, and never, ever, ever do this. But instead, what we end up getting is don't take things into your own hand. Leave room because God has wrath. Mm-hmm. And I think as kids, that's what you and I missed. It like, was. What we got was the be nice to everybody because God loves everybody. And it, you know, pointing towards things like uh, the Lord is patient. You know, he's not in a hurry. Like we understand time. He's, he's being patient that all might come to salvation. That's you know, right. Desires for none uh, to be lost, mm-hmm. uh, except Jesus will be glorified when those who have rejected him are separated for an eternity and he will be the righteous judge. In just the same way, he will be the merciful judge when those who have been elect unto salvation are welcomed in. And I think you're exactly right. You know, from our faith tradition growing up, there was not a lot of emphasis on the wrath of God. It was the mercy and the grace of God uh, who is welcoming all, you know. Come unto me, all ye who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Um, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Um, and it is a dilemma for us. And I, But I think this, this divine tension is healthy for us. Mm-hmm. We don't like it. We would like a cut and dried this way or that way yeah. answer. But yeah. I think the divine tension here is healthy for us because it forces us, number one, to recognize that the ways of God are beyond our ability to fully comprehend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also forces us to throw ourselves on the wisdom of, and mercy of God and say, God, in your sovereign grace, accomplish your yeah. kingdom purposes here in the earth in this situation. Yeah. Uh, because when we try to bring the vengeance, yeah. it never succeeds. It only stirs up more animosity and hatred. Yeah. The, uh, the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness, the righteousness of God. Of God. Uh, there's a scripture to that. There is. Ah, that's amazing. <laughs> so here's a couple others that I think point to that divine tension that not only we experience, but I think exists within God himself. Uh, Nahum 1.3, the Lord is slow to anger, great mm-hmm. in power, and the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Yeah. Both of those coexist. It's not either or. It's both. Exodus 34, verse 7, maintaining love and devotion to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. He will visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's both of those coexisting in the righteousness of God, in the justice of God, and the mercy of and kindness expressed to us in Christ. And yet that it, that's the key here. It's in Christ. This is a gospel-shaped mercy. Yes. God isn't nice to people. He just isn't. He, he's not a super nice guy. Uh, no, I'm not saying he's an unnice guy, <laughs> right? But we have, we have a Santa Claus version yeah. of God. Gentle who, Jesus, meek and mild. Yep. Good kids are going to get Christmas presents and bad kids are going to get lumps of coal, except we feel bad for the bad kids. So we're going to give them a present anyways. Yeah. And that, that's... Give them a trophy. That is how we have ended up in modern 
church thinking uh, as almost universalist that God's, you know what, I guess it doesn't matter if you're born in a village here, as long as you're sincere, uh, mm-hmm. or if you're mm-hmm. a Muslim mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. A, a Jewish person here, you know, you just don't know Jesus yet. You're doing all the right things. Uh, uh, I think it was two years ago that the Pope came out and said exactly that. Like those who are sincere in faith, uh, there are other paths to salvation other than Christ. And he, what he said was what they're actually doing is by putting faith in Allah, they just have the word wrong. They're putting faith in Jesus. They're just wrong about who yeah. he is. And yeah. I think scripture says, no, uh, no one comes to the, the Father, Father except but, but by me. Jesus said that. Yeah. And I, I think, just coming back, I don't want to beat this into the ground. But beat it. Beat it. Okay. Uh, we need to embrace this. We are on Psalms of Vengeance here, so beat it. Beat it. <laughs> now we're into Michael Jackson. Okay, that's bad. Uh, we, need to, <laughs> we need to embrace this divine tension uh, rather than maybe resisting it or trying to figure it out yeah. and just simply say, it is what it is. Yeah. So let's embrace that. And we'll say, God, as David says in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, mm-hmm. O God. Uh, as, as Paul would call the believers to examine our hearts, to, to walk in grace, to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Let that Spirit fruit be manifested in my life. I can't figure out all of this stuff. Yeah. And I think the enemy would try to use that as a as a means to sidetrack us mm-hmm. and to question the goodness of God yeah. because that's really what's at stake here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we we just simply say God, we know you are good. Your ways are higher than our ways. You are righteous, you are just. You're also merciful and compassionate. Yeah. So God, work your work of grace and just keep my heart right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so a couple scriptures on that. James 1:13 let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. God cannot mm-hmm. be tempted by mm-hmm. evil, and he tempts no one. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it is a, a helpful, helpful verbiage for us to say God sends evil on someone. He doesn't. Like, God is, is good, although uh, he may very well ordain an evil person or an evil spirit and allow them to do such and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, Satan is under the sovereignty of God. Exactly. Right? And it, it, which is a helpful thing for us because it means everything that the devil is doing, and he hates this, by the way, I guarantee it, uh, is accidentally for him working to accomplish God's good purpose in the earth. And it, you know, that God is glorified when the enemy is crushed. Uh, the other thing is, and I like that you pointed to, this is part of the nature and character of God. And we don't get to complain about it any more than we do I don't really like that God is merciful. <laughs> I, I, I think everybody should have to work for what they have. Uh, I don't think he should just relate in grace. So uh, a couple more scriptures here. Deuteronomy 32. Uh, it's part of that Mosaic covenant. Uh, the Lord declares, vengeance is mine. Verse 35. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I will take vengeance on my adversaries. I will repay those who hate me. Verse 41. Uh, and then this guy commenting on it, John Day says... Uh, since God has given these promises, his people are not wrong in petitioning him to fulfill his promises. Uh, any more than Psalm 21, 11 to 13, 
where they say, though they plan evil against you, though they decide devise mischief, they will not succeed for you will put them to flight. You will, this is the one I mentioned on Sunday. Yeah. You will aim at their faces with your bow. Be exalted. O Lord. It, this is the explosion of praise. God, shoot him in the face. Be exalted. <laughs> oh God. It was and all I could do not to bust out laughing. We when will you... sing and praise your power when he shoots his enemy in his face. Exodus 15. Uh, I'm looking here because one of the things I've been working on and I've got, I've got it in my notes clarified, but <laughs> my brain is kind of mush, but in, it might be in Psalm 48 where he's talking about the enemies of God and what they're doing and they're, they're shouting and, uh, God puts a trumpet to their lips and all I can do is trumpet the greatness of God. Oh, yeah. I love yeah, it. That's good. <laughs> so anyway, I'll get it right. I'll have the correct address and on Sunday. That's the uh, the promo for Sunday. Do you like that? Stick around. Just kind of just come check it out. Here's the problem, and I, I think maybe a place to wrap this up, if uh, if we're even still recording. Someplace. Let's hope. Here's hoping, wherever it is on this computer. Yep, there we go. There we go. Um, here's why we have a problem with it. We think God's like us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we have a problem with uh, vengeance that we see. So again, point back to Israel and uh, Hamas right now. Uh, I've been surprised at the amount of people who went like, well, both sides. I've been surprised at the amount of morons who are going, well, Israel had it coming. Like, I'm sorry, there's there's no amount of sins that a nation can do or a ethnic people can do that warrants their women being raped and paraded in the streets, uh, toddlers and babies being murdered and beheaded in front uh, of their parents, in front of their parents, and then stacked up 20 at a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is no, there's no justification for that. It it just doesn't exist. It's just evil. Yeah. So I, the people who have been like, well, they had it coming. Like, Unbelievable. But I've been surprised how many people went like, no, this is wrong. This is, this is evil that's been done to you. Uh, even, even some high political officials in the U S have, have stood on the right side of that. Um, and yet how quickly when, when they take measures to respond, the question that keeps getting asked is, uh, is this a proportionate response? So yet, yes, this evil was done to you, Mm -hmm. but is what you're doing proportionate are, are they equal and balanced uh I, one guy i i was so proud of him uh, he really called attention to the the whole idea of proportionality which is just so stupid we don't want that it, proportionality is evil he's like oh so what you're saying is we should find the exact amount of teenagers at a music festival and kill 260 of them. That would be a proportionate response. Eye for an eye, tooth for eye for tooth. an eye. Yeah, we'll just find them. Now it's going to be hard because they're they're in a really tough spot right now. But we'll find 260 of their teenagers. Okay, well that's evil. Yeah, uh, we'll find their little old ladies who are stuck in the house, and we'll find the exact number that were murdered in their houses, and then we'll go murder them in their houses. Is that what you want? <laughs> the lady who was asking the questions, like. No. (laughs) What they're really saying is, yes, something bad happened to you. Give them something of a slap on the wrist. It gives some sort of like nod to like, yeah, this is wrong. 
as opposed to evil has to be dealt with and the organizations now not ethnic groups not people groups yeah uh but the organizations that are putting that forward if their main charter like you said earlier uh is the annihilation of another people group nobody looks back at world war ii and says you know what we really should have done is negotiated more with the nazis they, they were set on annihilating entire people groups but you know i mean they did good things for germany the german economy actually surged it under did. their care yeah so you know we they had pros and cons absolutely not like yeah. they they needed to be dealt with severely well part we, of my Go ahead. Part of my thinking is, and you can appreciate this knowing your mother who will watch this. <laughs> she wanted to know if this was going to be live. I said, no, you got to wait, dear. Uh, it'll be soon. It'll be soon. It uploads fast. Uh, you would not allow a rattlesnake to live under your front porch. No. And knowing your mother, <laughs> she wouldn't even be in the house uh-huh. until she was sure. Yeah that rattlesnake and all of its relatives were yeah. annihilated. Right. So here's here's the problem that we think God's like us. Yes. So when we think about what's an appropriate response, all we have as a frame of reference is us, mm-hmm. where we either underreact or, or we overreact. Exactly. And there, there's no middle ground where we look at it and go, that was perfect, that dealt with the problem, that fix the problem, uh, that forever sent the right message, you know, whatever the thing is, we don't actually have that capability, which is why God says again and again, vengeance is mine. Mine. Vengeance is mine. Now he ordains the state Mm -hmm. to be able to act in that capacity uh, and yet imperfectly. So we look at Israel's response and we go, there's going to be dramatic overreactions and probably underreactions in political negotiations. Uh, but when we look at vengeance in general, we dare not make the mistake that God is like us. God will have perfect vengeance on the wicked. And we'll see, this is why I think that thing we started with, we see foreshadowing of it now. Uh, so just thinking back when guys like, uh, oh, come on, Bin Laden is mm-hmm. hunted down mm-hmm. and executed. And we say that's justice. Yeah. We, we said that there was something just and right about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a foreshadowing of what's to come. Yes. It, nobody gets away with anything before the living God. And we have to be really, really careful in our response. And, and it, here's the question you were posing at the beginning. So how do we pray? Uh, how do we respond to that? And I... The thing I kept coming back to again and again is what we have is a gospel response. We have to put it through the filter of the gospel. How has God responded to us in Christ? So as we are in Christ, as we have confessed our sins, are putting sin to death, Mm -hmm. or trusting in Mm -hmm. his righteousness, God has been patient with us. He's been kind to us when we didn't deserve it. When we were still hostile towards him. Colossians chapter one. Yeah. Engaged in evil deeds. Yep. Right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of the mess. Not once we'd fixed it up. uh, He moves towards us in kindness and grace. And yet, uh, on the flip side of that gospel, when you turn that coin over, uh, reject the gospel, and there is a... Oh, is it? I think it's John 3, where it's like, uh, we all love John 3, 16, but then you keep reading, and he says, now he didn't come into the world to judge and condemn the world, 
because the world's already condemned. Yes. Like they're, they're already standing condemned mm-hmm. before the mm-hmm. righteous judge. Exactly. And they, back to Romans 1, they're just storing up wrath for themselves. So in Christ, we get the kindness, but we also get this held out threat of like, if you don't put your trust in Jesus Christ, there's eternal vengeance that is coming your way. And both of those things perfectly coexist in the kindness of God. And I was really not going to touch on when it comes to uh, Reformed theology, uh, the the whole tulip thing of, uh, you know, total depravity and unconditional election. Once you get to unconditional election, people start going like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> we don't deserve any of it. We didn't earn any of it. Like no. God doesn't just save good people or people who are trying really hard. And then limited atonement that God is... Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ was sufficient and effective and saves all those God has called to himself. And yet we get on really thin ice theologically when we start saying God loves everybody. Well, and as, and, and this might be a good thing to wrap up with too, as you're talking, here's how we pray. I believe I think about the apostle Paul, no one, was more zealous in mm-hmm. persecuting the church, imprisoning people, uh, joyously involved as believers were put to death. Yeah. He's the one holding the, the clothes when Stephen is stoned, and yet God, in his sovereign grace and mercy, meets him on the Damascus yeah. Road. Yeah. And I, I believe one of the things that we pray in all of this is God let there be a Damascus Road yeah. experience. Yeah. Let there be eyes. a revelation of Jesus Christ where eyes are open to see the living God. Yeah. Heart softened. Grant the gift of repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, show them the depths of their sin, yeah. their need for a Savior. Save them just like you have saved me. Yeah, And I, I think that is how we have to start. That's where we start. Whether it is uh, somebody on the other side of the world or that boss who drives us nuts. Right. It is, okay, yeah. God, be gracious and save them just as you have saved me. And yet, and here's where I f- think the psalm thing comes in. Yet if they don't turn to you, be the just judge. Especially when you're, I mean, now don't pray that for your boss, right? <laughs> I really wanted Saturday off and he didn't give it to me. Oh, oh no. God, cause him to repent or let vengeance fall on his head. Terrible, right? You're just selfish. <laughs> this is not the righteousness of God being defended here. No, uh, but yeah. I, I think it's it's acceptable, uh, even biblical, when we see the righteousness of God being trampled upon. Those who are enemies of God, those who are seeking to destroy God's people, to say, God, let them repent, let let them see it, let them turn from it, and if they don't, God destroy them. Yeah, yeah, and I think again, as I said earlier we have to embrace this divine tension. Yeah. And it's only when we find ourselves, we find our world involved in things such as this, that it forces us to really look to the scriptures, to really look and say, okay, what is it that I have used to define God? Mm -hmm. Have Mm -hmm. I tried to put him in my human terms and put him in my little box that I've created for him? Or is he God greater than I, greater than my ability to understand and knowing that he is good, he is righteous, he is just, but he's 
you know, there's also the mercy and the grace and compassion. Yeah. It's all of those at the same it is time. All of those at the same time. And it's, it's world events such as this. It's the problems we encounter in life that causes us to Chris, as Christians to come face to face with this. Yeah. And when I say, I want to be like Jesus, this forces us to take a new look at what it really means to yeah. be like Jesus. Cause he's not gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Yeah. But he is Jesus who is slow to anger. He is Jesus who says, vengeance is mine and I will repay. Yep. Yep. He's all of these things. Absolutely. So here's what we want to ask you to do in light of all that. Cause we just spent 52 minutes talking about all of that stuff and throwing a bunch of scripture at you and hopefully ideas of, you know, relatively well thought out, uh, in study and preparation from this week. Uh, don't take our word for it. Mm -hmm. uh, dive into, uh, starting in the Psalms and see if these things are so uh, yes. be good Bereans who would listen and then go home and study the scriptures for themselves to see if these things were so see if there's a reoccurring pattern in the Psalms of a complaint a prayer for God to act, uh, and not just the Psalms. It, you see it, especially in the prophetic books in the mm -hmm, Old Testament mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, and even in narratives, you, you'll hear it in the prayers of the people that are in there. Uh, a prayer for God to judge, destroy, even curse his enemies, and then the praise of God's people when God acts in such a way. See, if, see for yourself if that is in there. And if it is... Uh, Pray about, okay, so how do I, as a New Testament believer, because I am on this side of the cross. That's I, right. I have received the kindness of God when I didn't deserve it. How do I then respond to those around me? And how do I pray for worldwide situations mm -hmm. where I'm entrusting myself into the hand of God? I'm not yeah. taking vengeance for myself. Uh, how do I stand for that which is right and just uh, and at the same time extend mercy and kindness, a gospel-shaped kindness like we have received? And I, I think if you do that, uh, you're going to find that effective in a lot of relationships. Like, how, what does the gospel say about this? How, how was God kind to me as you reach out to your neighbor, as you talk to your coworkers, as you uh, talk with other kids at school, wherever it is, uh, what has God done to me and for me and with me in the gospel, uh, and let that be the measure by which we respond. And I think that'll be helpful. So search the scriptures. Amen. All right. Uh, God bless you. Hopefully we will see you, Lord willing, this coming Lord's Day. Dad's going to be preaching. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a little bit less of a heavy topic than we have done on Sunday. It's going to be celebration coming into the yeah. presence of the Lord yeah. in the city of our God. Yeah. Amen. So Lord willing, we'll see you then. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye.